0: Fraser Watt posted in the new Ellie mayer Hagen article in The Guardian. It's about the magic money tree, and um, mm. it links to a thread where Richard Angel gets the shit beaten out of him. Presumably by Dr. Dan Hodona. How Howdono. Howdono. We're going with Howdono. It's, han- it's Howdono now. Um,
1: yeah, Dr. Hodono. The second best doctor on left Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's so weird, man. I've like hardly ever spoken to you outside of like performative left-wing banter. Like that's just like the natural way I converse with you. <laughs> it's really odd, but I but I don't mind it. Um,
1: oh yeah, it's entirely forged out of it. I quite like it.
0: Was that was that a can I hear?
1: Oh, I wish. <laughs> oh, I wish. I think it's just some kind of lisp.
0: Oh, I've got a can of cream soda. God damn. Yeah. You did, guys are going heavy tonight. I did in um in one of the recent episodes actually as well. Oh, yeah, but you, that's one you, for trivia fans. Yeah, you can hear a can being cracked open at the start, and I was just imagine all our fans listening to that, like, cans, cans, cans. It's literally, like, you know how you and me recorded your first episode? Yeah. Headphone in each ear. Yeah, that, that's what we're doing. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> I think in that episode, way back in
1: the archives, I think we make a plea for Aaron to come onto the show. I think I recall
2: that. I don't today? recall this one. Else. What show was that? That was episode six. I think, well, we've done it.
0: I think, yeah, we've we've accomplished that. (laughs) It's amazing. Because I think we were referencing you, like, begging Paul Mason to come on the show at one point in Navarra. I don't was remember just this when, happening, um, but one of the other guys. Post capitalism came
2: out, I think. Paul's a funny lad. I actually <laughs> chatted to him yesterday. We've just done a video with him. I think he was worried that I'd be critical of post capitalism in a particular, and I was I mean, it's a good book, but it's you know, it's a different. It's trying to appeal to a mass audience, and that's why I preferred at the time Nick check and Alex Williams' books. It's more of a niche left-wing book.
0: <laughs> oh, and they're fans to, of mm. the show as well. That's
2: not to say it's a better book. It's just you know, different audiences. They're both necessary. Yeah, I'm reading that now. Actually,
1: funnily enough, I only started reading it the last two weeks. It's really, really, really good. I'm getting through it quite slowly.
2: It's amazing. Today I spoke to real news in the US, (laughs) and then real media in the UK, (laughs) and now I'm talking to real politics.
0: Oh my god.
2: That's a slow descent.
0: Well, at least you're not a phony. There's, there's, it's a hundred percent
2: real, authentic. <laughs> so we're recording. Yeah,
0: we're recording.
2: Okay. Opposing the
1: government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that. Is the nature of the hard left, and of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left? Chris? Well, we know who the hard he, left are. We're in the yes. you know ascendancy know. within the, within the, within within the Labour Party it's who gone. associate. You just said that we right to right wing, hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard left, hard left, to the hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, left, hard 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 hard left, hard hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, left, hard 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 left,
2: Hello and good evening. You're listening to The Real Politic Podcast. I'm Aaron Mastani. I'm joined this evening by at uber and at hipster scumbag. Hello, gents. Hey, Hello. man. <laughs> we're sadly not joined by at ysrice and at tforster underscore 94. But in their absence, we'll try our absolute best to ensure your listening pleasure. I guess I'm going to hand over to you at Coker to determine the passage we're now going to pursue over the next <laughs> 60 minutes.
0: Well, we're going to we're going to follow a, an interesting trajectory. We're gonna gonna go down uh, a curious passage right here. Um, yeah, we <laughs> are listening to the Real Politics podcast, it's already been established. We've got Aaron Bastani here with us from Navarra Media, the co-founder of Navarra Media, who you will know from presenting Navarra FM, from doing his IMO Bastani videos from his appearances on Sky News, articles he's written for places such as Open Democracy. If you're on the left, there's a high chance you've uh, you've encountered Aaron and his work at some point so like thanks for joining us aaron that's very sweet of you to say that thank you my pleasure we've all sort of i think it's fair to say kieran we've we've both like followed navara media for a long time and i think we can speak for the others saying this as well
1: oh yeah quite a long time as you said like i don't think you can be really on the left in this country and not have some awareness of navara and what they do and what impact they've had on like practically everything from theory and strategy to reporting and fairly reporting news and goings on and providing critiques and since, you know, the Corbyn project's really kicked up and we've had more of a line of defence against the attacks we've got from, you know, here, there and everywhere, Navarra have been vital.
0: Yeah.
1: I think this election, Aaron's videos have been spectacular.
2: Oh, <laughs> the the unit, Mate, what a legend. No, thanks for saying that. Uh, but the... The problem is that I've managed to uh, transition from using a camera now. I've got my iPhone and I've got a Rode lapel mic, which I just plug into my phone. So now I don't actually need another human being to make videos. Yeah, so now I don't need anybody else. And this is terrible because if I, you know, I mean, I actually, you're not seeing most of the videos. I make so many videos, I can't actually publish them, though, because they're so full of profanities.
0: <laughs> one, well,
2: one was about Ian Dale the other night. You know, but then I, just,
0: you think, you, I thought better of it. I think we've got that covered. I think I, I have we yeah. pretty much a meltdown on our last episode about Ian Dale. What did you say? I, I think I, I called him a racist potato cunt. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. And just generally, like, shouted a bit just got quite irate just sort of saying like and he is a racist on a personal level as well as for consequences of his actions are racist consequences so it was all sort of stuff like that so you know hopefully we
2: got that covered so yeah Yeah. he says you know let linton be linton he wrote this article right in terms of how to save the tory election campaign and let linton be linton means be racist be islamophobic Say um, Diane Abbott
0: every two minutes. Yep,
2: say Hamas, say IRA. I mean, it's just not propositional politics. It's really fucked up. The guys, you know, the guys are fucking... These people are all... They're like a cancer. I mean, I people say, you don't use that word, you know, I've had cancer in my family. I don't mean to be... like They are literally a cancer in the body politic. It's not a metaphor. They're a fucking cancer. They're spreading. We need to get rid of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to. We're going to. Yeah, that's what we're all aiming for. We're going to. Um... So for me, I'd say a sort of watershed moment in sort of, I guess, my perception of Navarra Media and its story has been last year during the coup, when all of a sudden, because I'd I'd listened to you guys before, I'd liked you, but you had John McDonnell on the show all of Mm. a sudden, like, you know, interviewed on your YouTube channel, you had Corbyn, Paul Mason started appearing with you. Mm. It seemed like perhaps because the leadership were trying to circumvent the mainstream media which was overwhelmingly hostile to them that you gained quite a lot of legitimacy in that time because you were prepared to speak up for the Labour leadership at a time when very few people in conventional media were mm. and it seems that that has well Navara Media it's got a lot bigger do you think it's got a lot bigger since then like, well yeah another... um, yeah but also in your personal profiles I mean for instance you see you and Ash on Sky News quite a lot now and there were hardly any commentators from a radical left who you'd see on TV Um, I think Ash is different to me. Ash is a very eloquent
2: young woman, and if you're a TV producer, that's just dynamite, because obviously they're trying to, you know, like, if you've got anything vaguely resembling decent politics, you want see gender balance, you want adequate representation, but also Ash is actually, Ash is probably the sharpest person, male or female, you know, regardless of where your background is, whatever is person I know of her age, very eloquent, very sharp, also very funny, mm. very charismatic. So as a TV producer... Dynamite. The second they discover her, she's always going to be all over the TV. I'm surprised actually she's not in more places. They
0: always stick her up against the fucking gimpiest young Tories, like just these (laughs) walking bow ties, fucking lanyard dipshits. And it's hilarious, like they always just leave the studio in a body bag. Yeah, they put her up against that leave guy, you know, that young
1: vote leave guy.
2: Is it Darren (laughs) Grimes?
0: The bro, the, the really bro,
2: thin, weedy kid. The Brokecream boys. Yeah, that's the that's the Fuck, he's one half of the Brokecream boys. Yeah. So she's done very well, and I think with me it's a slightly different story. In so much as you're right, I mean any TV appearances I've got or radio or whatever, much of it's contingent on a changed political context, right? Yeah. And that is, of course, the Labour leadership, and them mm-hmm. not having many mainstream voices supporting them last summer. And you know, I had conversations with various people, and it was crazy that you know we've got this guy could be the prime minister on friday not not you know it's not likely but let's say 5 5 to 1 and literally nobody in the mainstream media, other than Paul Mason, literally one person, no celebrity, no journalist, would back this guy last summer. And I remember talking to a couple of people in and around the team. I can't say who, and they were just like, "This is insane. We've never known any politician with this absence of support amongst civil society, and yet,
0: you know, he commanded, as we found out, more than two thirds of the electorate's support." It's such a ridiculous disparity. Yes, yeah, the wave of the left is represented in the media. So I guess you're fairly well known. They almost sort of feel an obligation, like. Well, well, all right, we got to get Bastardi on because otherwise it would just be someone who hates Corbin, and they'd have a billion Corbinites in their mentions, like why have you got a Blair Ice log on again yeah. why are you biased against Corbyn but it's less
2: now right so I'm going on occasion I'm going on tomorrow morning but I don't go on that often now because there are far more people again willing to defend Corbyn yeah. which wasn't the case last summer yeah,
0: absolutely. I won't
2: name names but, <laughs> but you know so that's that's again it's kind of because like you said there was such a vacuum there was you know a real opportunity for Navarra and myself to fill it because there really were you know you could ha- count on your hands you would actually defend the
0: leadership last year yeah
1: I mean I, Gary Young said something similar today in that really good piece yeah. you know Gary Young one of the Two good Guardian writers, and I'm is, being.
0: Is that a decent chapter the other one?
1: Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, but Gary Young talking about like for a pundit, it wasn't just that they didn't believe that Corbyn was any good. The idea that anyone would think as much was something that would invalidate you.
0: It was like that's climate change, like yeah, what he said.
1: it's something that clear of you weren't a serious journalist or you weren't a serious thinker if you thought that jeremy corbyn could win an election Mm. which again is staggering to think that you know even you know what you might think of the man that a party as strong as the labor party with the history it has all across the country was actually heading towards this electoral oblivion that people at the center would have you think like the idea of
2: that actually transpiring especially now (laughs) is just completely nonsensical yeah they're now saying thirty five percent would be a failure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the same the same as what they got in the two thousand five election. Yeah. Have you seen that Jolly and Green collection? Oh god from the what? from the last month where it's like,
1: I don't think it's gonna be over twenty five. Oh, oh well, I don't think it's gonna be over thirty. <laughs> oh no no no, I don't think it's gonna be thirty five. Oh no, I don't think it's gonna be forty. And now <laughs> he's got to the point where he's like, you know what? If it's less than thirty five He's got to go. Didn't he say if it's not a Labour majority?
2: He said if it's not a Labour majority it's like, mate, this is a journey and a half isn't it?
0: <laughs> what are your thoughts
2: on Jolly and Green, Aaron? I mean, it's now been scientifically proven that anybody with the Christian name Jolly is a complete wanker. So <laughs> that's up there with the law of thermodynamics and gravity as <laughs> <laughs> of the scientific
0: facts. Another law, this is an empirically correct Julian's law. law, I think but it's I thought, Yeah, there's Julian's <laughs> law and then there's Tom's law as well, which is that if there's any good point made on Twitter, at least Two people called Tom will have made it. That's true. Tom law is pretty solid. (laughs) Yeah. There's McTernan's law. What's McTernan's (laughs)
1: law? Anything John McTernan says will turn out to be false. But there's a few, And then I mean, of course there's, there's Abbott's Law as well which is the strongest of all
0: Yeah, explain Abbott's Law just in case anyone's missed it because it's highly relevant at the moment.
1: It always applies, it's every creepy loser has an infatuation with Diane Abbott and anyone who has an infatuation with Diane Abbott is a creepy loser.
0: Well infatuation sort of, I mean in Harry Cole's weird twisted fucking case it might be true, not Harry Cole, sorry I'm thinking of that other fat Gelo wanker Paul Staines, I, Paul Staines. Staines mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean most of them they, they just have this sheer fucking they just talk about her like she's dirt
1: yeah like like it's this that she's the main point they can't get past like the idea of her being home secretary is like the most abhorrent thing imaginable for this country Mm. and you just have to wonder why people think that why they obsessively (laughs) think that why no argument you could ever give them will ever budge them from that position it transpires in the nastiest ugliest
0: abuse constantly It's, it's absolutely abhorrent. It's awful. And then people in the centre fan the flames as well, like there was Jess Phillips um appearing with John Whittingdale on, on T V <laughs> the other day. It, actually, I think I might literally just be did you talk about this mm. in the new Tisky Sour, Aaron? Mm. Yeah, sorry, I was literally just going to go off into a rant that Aaron went into on the new, <laughs> new Navarro podcast Tisky Sour. But it's so it's basically it was Jess Phillips and John Whittingdale on uh what was it, something on I T V or something? Just like it was just like a little um like a kind of I'm, uh, I'm completely drawn to that. But it, it was like, you know, like a surprise date or whatever, where you get get two people together. Speed dating. Speed dating, fuck's sake, yeah. there, there you go. Um.
2: I've never been speed dating for the record. Just...
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I, well, I, I worked in a bar probably when I was about your age and they used to do speed dating a lot, which was quite funny to watch. But yeah, anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was what Yvette... Not of Ed Cooper. Sorry, I'm, think, I'm thinking of... Jess Phillips. Yeah, another luminary. Poundland of Ed Cooper. Yeah, exactly. A lesser luminary of the plp white feminist crew. Yeah. But like, yeah, Jess Phillips and John Whittingdale were just sitting down, you know, like, have, having a drink or whatever. And uh, John Whittingdale was, you know, being a, a Tory prick with Linton Crosby in his ear. It was like, oh, did you see the Diane Abbott interview? And Jess Phillips was just like, well, I'm no fan of Diane! oh, was tragic, wasn't it? it's like, fuck off. Well, for, for a start, you don't need to say you're no fan of her. And secondly, like, you don't, even then, you, you, know, you don't need to join in the sort of ha-ha-ha.
2: But more than the that, it was interview. that the
0: way that she, you could see from her eye
2: contact and her body language, A, she's not a confident person. So when she was talking to him, she was looking up a lot. This is not like some fucking pseudo it was just blatantly obvious body language, right? First of all, she feels intimidated by him to the extent where she does view him as as effectively an authority figure because he's a Tory man. He's a white, patriarchal Tory man. And she allowed herself to be subordinated to a narrative which shat on another woman, actually another woman in her party who's also a black woman. And you just think... She's spineless. She's fucking spineless. So people go, Oh, she's all about her. She's a self promoter. Yeah, she's also vapid and fucking spineless. If anything, like the lack of Marcy, the lack of confidence surprised me. Because her brand is like I'm Jess Phillips and it's like she subordinated herself to Whittingdale like that. And like, oh, yeah, the whole, out. like, that I'll stab you in the front kind of vibe yeah. she
1: likes to give off. But, like, <laughs> when someone like Whittingdale comes across, who I've always thought doesn't get the derision he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what a fucking slime ball. Absolutely. You know, his yeah. whole career, he was just a little, like, he was Norman Tebbett's lapdog when he was in his 20s. Like, his bag carrier, his bitch. Like, it was... Just embarrassing how he toady up to Thatcher and Tebbit and all that and he's just hung about like a bad smell. Yeah. Turned out at the end of the second Cameron administration as that nefarious culture secretary yeah. purely to represent corporate interests. And then gets that piece about him ferrying an escort with him to the MTV Awards Yeah, shutdown. I was going to
0: ask what his scandal was.
1: Yeah, like he managed to get that out and then nobody actually picked it up as a piece. Because that piece <laughs> was that nobody had picked it up as a piece. And then when it came out, nobody picked it up as a piece. It got swept right under the rug with other stories of the time, like the Conservatives starting their own union. <laughs> and all the weird post 2016 stuff that came out. Oh no, that's, um, <laughs> that's,
0: that's the work have,
1: Conservative Workers and Trade movie. Unionist Group by Rob Halfen. He's fucking you know, weird. He's Tory. a fucking weird
0: guy. Oh, I know that
1: guy, yeah. yeah. He's a a, weird like guy. one of the Workers Tories. Yeah, who's got some pretty fucking. <laughs> that site is hilarious, by the way. Like, it's still up. It hasn't been updated in about two years. And it makes all these bizarre promises that are as general as possible about what conservatives will do for workers. It's all about the working individual and, like, saying that they'll protect workers' rights. But, like, that's as far as their analysis goes. And, like, you can tell it was just, like, the ultimate jolly from the election they didn't think they'd win. And they were just pissing about for the joy of going, oh, yeah, let's park the tanks on Labour's lawn even more. (laughs) Let's yeah, set up a
2: conservative
0: union. <laughs> Unions are great.
2: <laughs> What's it? Andrew Mitchell was in the cab today with Victoria Derbyshire. you see this? And he didn't know oh, what the oh, minimum yeah. wage was. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And Matt Zarb, my boy, Matt Zab, who you had on your last podcast, was it the
0: penultimate podcast? It was two episodes ago, yeah. I think, but it was a great
2: episode. It, was, you a, it listen. was the one I listened to, yeah. The last one I listened to was the <laughs> Matt Zarp one. And he said, yeah, £6 an hour. And Matt Zab said a really important point, which is you go into politics for public service. And I, I believe there are Tories in... I mean, they're fucking idiots and they're completely wrong, but I believe that they believe that they're in politics for public service. But how can you believe you're in politics for public service when you don't even know? You represent 70,000 constituents... Let's say a third, a quarter, of depends where you are in the country, a fifth will be on the minimum wage. He doesn't know the fucking minimum wage. It's he said £6 an hour, £7.50 an hour. So, pretty
1: remarkable. Oh, yeah. The minimum wage stuff is just so ridiculous. To think, like, the old gifts of them, like, sell it like that. <laughs> i just going back to my head then. IDS's face when they announced that. <laughs> just that, like, in general, just that's screams. a prospect. It's just this weird, like, fist clenching. He just goes, Argh! like that. It's so, so strange. But they're
0: But all, that's they're purely all
1: because they thought they'd, like, beasts. scored a move on, like, oh, look, we've done a minimum wage policy. Like, that's Labour snookered. <laughs> they don't it. they don't remember what it is. Like, <laughs> and they're not going to get to this living wage. That was peak Osborne budget time. It's a lot of fucking bullshit.
2: But, sadly, I mean, we've got, you know, we've got these. This is why you guys, you need to keep on doing what you're doing. You need to have real politic podcasts as fucking, as big as it can be. Because Mm. these fucking morons at The Guardian, The Guardian, and The Guardian (laughs) aren't going to do it for us, are they? No, no, so they're not going to do it for us. And, you know, there was a huge commercial opportunity, fuck the politics for them, to leverage Corbynism to make them a viable publication that doesn't depend on print. And they didn't go for it because they're fucking idiots. Even two weeks ago, Matthew Dancona in The Guardian was saying that the Tory manifesto was fucking brilliant. Two weeks ago. <laughs> well, and
0: his latest one was that uh, Theresa May is right on terror, and we can't, you know, tiptoe around for fear of causing offence. Some fascist
2: bullshit. He needs to be fucking somebody needs what to full speed, in the force feed him some bleach or something. Put him out of
0: his misery. <laughs> I mean, fucking serious. You know, it's humiliating for them. You need no, to get rid of him. But seriously, what's the point of having a cunt like that at the Guardian when every other paper is just entirely staffed by cunts like that?
1: The Ancona factoid, a previous <laughs> listeners might remember this.
0: Some uh, dank Dancona facts.
1: Exactly, the finest Dancona. <laughs> For The Observer, bizarrely, in 1997, he did the last living interview with Enoch Powell.
0: Fuck you, Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I bet Simon Heffer is fucking furious about that. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what was it saying? What was the kind of
2: tone of it? Have you read it? or?
1: I've read it a good while back when we did the Enoch Powell episode. Powell, by that point, to be fair to him, he barely makes sense. He's going on about how much he hates Blair because it means the end of the union and uh, the sun exactly finally good setting. Now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's he 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 actually had... good now. But hold on, that was quite, I mean, that's pretty, that's foresight. He said it was the end of the union. <laughs> yeah, of, he said devolution was the end of the union.
1: Stuff. He said that the 1954 Royal Titles Bill was the end of the union. He said so much shit was the end of the... The 1981 Immigration Act was the end of the Union. <laughs> he the <said> Anglo-Irish <laughs> Agreement was the end of the Union. When he
0: saw a Pakistani person move down his street, the end of the Union. I mean, yeah. to, to, to be fair, I mean, I've said it a few times, people go, oh, Blair's first time, even, you know, I
2: say Blair's first time has some good things in it. He did two things in particular, which are particularly interesting, right? So first one is obviously devolution of Scotland. That does potentially end the Union. Secondly, he introduces... Proportional representation for European elections, which obviously allows for non-mainstream parties to do very well. Prior to that, it was a first-past-the-post system until 1999, and it was, of course, a two-horse race. Mm. You move to a proportional representation system, it's no longer a two-horse race, and UKIP yeah. can become a national player. And, of course, they become the number one party in the 2014 European elections. Mm. They were second in 2009. But if Blair hadn't done those two bits of legislation, we'd still be in the EU. And the SNP probably wouldn't have happened. So... (laughs) You know that's pretty amazing, right? The law of unintended consequences, <laughs> yeah. consequences, right? That's pretty amazing. Blair didn't really even give a fuck about these bits of legislation, and yet they've been probably transformative, actually, for the future of British politics.
1: I'm so glad we've got onto our original policy on this podcast of Enoch Powell is good and right.
0: And
1: we've been saying this for a lot
2: of episodes now. Is that, was that the original? That's the podcast. You look, you, podcast about look at Powell's today,
0: right. and the black man holds the whip hand over the white man. Like, <laughs> he he was remarkably prescient. No, Enoch Powell was uh, was probably one of the most influential figures of the Tories very unique style of fascism. Yeah, I think he's left a very lasting legacy if you look at a lot of the reactionary nativist British Absolutely. Politics yeah, well he now.
1: was that
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly. He was the heart that black heart of Thatcherism. Uh, you can, Thatcher you can... kept his speeches in her bag. Yeah, you can look at Enoch as presaging both Thatcherism and the current, more immigration-focused wave of reactionary politics. Yeah, you know, He's been actually a, a very influential politician, which obviously doesn't mean he got anything right apart from that Blair was going to destroy the Union and that there are lots of good Tories in the Labour Party. But he obviously was sort of prescient with regard to the direction that rainy fascist Ireland would be going in.
1: Well, I found out the other day that John Burko was a huge student fan
2: of Enoch Powell. Mate, Berko was a complete wrong when he was young he, he, was a lo- he complete, loved party, didn't he complete wrong yeah he was a member of the Monday Club as I'm sure you know
0: briefly explain what that is for the listeners the
2: Monday Club was sort of the most right-wing elements of the Tory party membership and it had a big following amongst young conservatives in the 1980s and I believe Burko had some formal role didn't he in the young conservatives I'm or their sure. student federation or whatever the fuck it was as did Nick Robinson
0: um,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> impartial BBC reporter. Yeah. He
0: doesn't have politics.
2: And in the early nineteen eighties, <laughs> of course, they had that famous poster hang Nelson Mandela. And people say, well that you know, that's distinct obviously from Tory Party policy, but Margaret Thatcher's own words about Mandela were, you know, plain and simple, he's just a cut and dry terrorist like the rest of them. Yeah. But the ANC is a terrorist organisation. So I mean, you know, the fucking these people, but talking quickly about Enoch Powell, I mean, there's another fascist, obviously, in the historical context of Britain, that's Oswald Mosley. Yeah, Mosley comes from a different tradition, right? Mosley was originally a Labour MP, and he was a Keynesian, right? He was a Keynesian before Keynesianism was cool. Oh. Talking about public ownership, about how you need state control of certain industries to have oversight with final demand, yada, yada, yada. The far right in this country does have two historical lineages. One is Enoch Powell and social conservatism. One is mostly on economic conservatism, but, you know, one nation tourism and effectively public ownership. And I thought if UKIP, if you brought them together and had a red UKIP line, I, I've always thought that, that probably that would, you know, get you a majority of like 150 in this country. The Mike Hookham party.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> know, He's got that old uh, sort of Labour apostate working class conscious spirit yep. to him. But also he's very racist. Yeah. Doesn't like him. But actually
2: this election's probably <laughs> proving that wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't
0: I thought that's just
2: sixty-five percent of the electorate, but that's probably not correct. It may be the majority of the electorate, but probably not
1: that big. Well UKIP would hate Mosley because Mosley was a he was a European federalist. His dream was Europe a nation. Which was <laughs> like federating everyone completely led by Britain. And that Britain led by him. And I watched an interview with him the other day. Funnily enough, when he was about 78, this is about 1975. He's getting oh quite yeah, old.
0: why do we fucking live so long, man? It's ridiculous. Like you not lived to. Fucking rich people, age. Rich people, well. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I guess the yeah. Queen. You know, yeah, yeah. They do not die. They just. Yeah, but she's going. dead, mate. Come on. Yeah, the Queen's dead. We know
2: that. But... <laughs> it's like it's like Avril Lavigne. You know, it's actually somebody, it's been somebody else for fifteen years.
1: <laughs> but Mosley talks about like he's seventy-eight and he's described himself as in the best health of his life, and he's talking about how other great men of history have been called to action. Older than him to lead the country, and he like cites like Lord Chatham and Lord Marlborough, Corbyn second old, wind in a few yeah, years. Yeah, all the all the 19th century great politicians, and he was still saying that one day he will be called to action and called to lead, asked to lead a government <laughs> and lead a country.
0: By he was, whom?
1: Ex- Exactly. He just thought <laughs> by popular assent. Theresa May's Tories are like is, you know, <laughs> Theresa May obviously
0: not working out. Is, is Oswald about You're probably throwing him to earth. Sadly I mean, his... they know the necromancing. Sadly his son has defected to Tom Watson. <laughs> Fuck I me, mean, hey you know, Tom Watson could lose his seat. <laughs> he could lose his seat. <laughs> he could lose his seat. I so, mean ideally for
2: me, Labour win a small majority of ten and Tom Watson loses his seat. <laughs> That's but we take
1: uh, Nick Clegg and Amber Rudsey as well, which oh, you, Gov, uh, say that we're going to take.
0: Yeah, I want Clegg to just get a fucking scene off, man. That's the dream.
1: Oh, but the then he goes into Nick the Sunday
0: Clegg.
2: Times every week. He'd be a Guardian columnist
0: within a, a year. You know, oh, he, God, I, yeah. I reckon that would probably be true. We pointed this out in our episode we did at the time, but in the New Statesman, Where's the Opposition, Who Will Speak for Liberal Britain issue, they had four current or former leaders of the Liberal Democrats mm. writing in that issue. Mm. So it was, uh, there was Farron, Clegg, Ashdown, and... Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Ming Campbell as well. And, oh, and uh, they had David Owen. <laughs> yeah, 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 from, from the so SDP. Five. Well, he, yeah, no, but David Owen was never in the yeah. Dems. Yeah, 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 So, yeah, just a similar yeah, variety yeah, yeah, of scab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> from the same genealogy. Exactly. I mean, the
0: slug genealogy. The New
2: Statesman does have actually some good people. So, like, Stephen Bush is really sharp.
0: Yeah, I like Stephen
2: Bush. He's very honest as well about his politics. And, you know, I really like his stuff. And I'll see him tweet something. I I know it's Stephen Bush. It's going to be worth reading. But what Jason Cowley is doing to that magazine is Uh, fucking criminal. It's very sad and tragic, as you'd say, Aaron. It's very sad and tragic. And they (laughs) need to buy... They need to fire him.
0: Like, yeah, whose call is
2: it? Who owns it? It's station? a Russian, it's like a Russian oligarch. Oh, for fuck's sake. And she <laughs> has it as like a, as a kind of vanity project. Obviously it doesn't make any money. It loses <laughs> lots of money. They're always boasting
0: about how they get loads of readers now, though. Is that online or what? It's online. No, because some of their stuff is good, right? Stephen Steve Bush is Stephen Bush good. Stephen Bush good, yeah. is
2: good. George Eaton can, it's is, is kind of funny, the stuff George Eaton says. So He can be you know. trained, he can be directed George, in the right way George to write Eaton. something good. Yeah, I mean, George said again, like, I, re- I either read George Eaton because I'm like, your sources are really bad and funny, and yeah. they're like completely misleading you. <laughs> Generally, Michael Duggar.
0: But like, <laughs>
2: anything that Jason Cowley writes is just. Um... It's, it's just shit. It's just, <laughs> I feel like I've dived into, you know, a, a sort of a bath of pig spunk.
0: <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was like his university experience, just bathing in pig spunk <laughs> to get probably into certain is. drinking societies. Yeah. But I mean, did you see what Cowley was tweeting last night about The Guardian? There's Guardian new statesman beef, it turns out, because right. Jason Cowley is convinced that the Guardian is genuinely left-wing, is really supportive of Corbyn, and it really fucking gets to him. The Corbynite Pravda. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> it's like, what fucking world are you on? Yeah, he's, he's really, he's
2: actually really stupid. Like, yeah, this is the yeah. thing. It's not. Some people aren't like implicitly <laughs> invested in things. He's really thick and dull. He came out of a literature background, so he used to work at Granta. And this is not, he's just like, he's like, oh yeah, politics, he's sort of like dabbling, it's like Yevgeny Morozov with politics. Yevgeny Morozov was writing a piece once in the Evening Standard about how Milton was a liberal, and I was like, mate, you fucking idiot, There (laughs) there was a civil war, and he was a Republican supporter, so, like, literally at the birth of liberalism. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Anyway, <laughs>
1: wasn't he a was, sports writer as well before then
2: for the Observer? Oh, guy has gone. He's, yeah, he somehow
1: ended up editing the new fucking Statesman. So he
2: has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, he—it's not again. It's not about political investment. He's not trying to dissimulate. He's clueless. It's like me trying to write about ballet. I—I literally wouldn't have a fucking, and I have to make up something. And people are like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah,
1: but he literally said he wanted to turn the New Statesman into, and this is a quote: "A Marxism today of the left."
0: <laughs> what i mean like
1: how many fucking levels of stupidity do you need to be on to say that like um, seriously that's the stupidest thing it's
0: bizarre i mean who's who is the new statesman for i mean i guess they're aiming at a certain audience now that i mean it just can't be that big a, doesn't, make doesn't make any it, sense doesn't make like, any sense
2: clearly the future of the left is like the corbinite project yeah right? they, keep, they
0: keep losing these clearly.
2: leadership elections i mean
1: that and, front cover their last front cover, it's like they designed it in October 2015 and they've kept it for the election. <laughs> How it's are It's like, their are their they heading art? towards complete oblivion? On their the covers are always 40%? so
0: shit. Like, literally, our cover art is better than theirs and, like, we just literally, like, bung it together on, like, PowerPoint or something, five minutes before we release the show. Our Wait, editorials I... are better than theirs as well. <laughs> Our editorials
2: <laughs> are a lot better than theirs. You um, know, also, they've got I don't know if Danny Blanchflower still writes for them, you know, former <laughs> member of the Monetary Policy Committee at the Bank of England. Yeah. Uh, and he was widely viewed as the most left wing member of what's called the MPC. He's a Keynesian economist and he hates Corbyn. And he there was does. this letter there was this letter about, from all these economists I was in the week say, yeah. and he wasn't a signatory and it's like you fucking just like have a bit of humility we all need humility in life have some fucking humility except Richard Murphy did it fair play to him
0: yeah, yeah except yeah. you're Eventually. fucking wrong
2: yeah we're well, we're a way like okay you know it's, we, we need, if we're gonna win we do need these people back on board yeah right? we'll have a go mm. at them after the election Karen. yeah we'll, <laughs> and it's like it's like what the fuck is wrong with you you fucking moron and I, I just think there's a few people out like at the New Statesman but it's Cap- an ego thing isn't it well, I, I, did the, I did Ridge on Sunday, so every Ridge's show on yeah, Sky yeah. A, couple, a month or two ago. And I did the paper review with Cowley. <laughs> and and he said, oh, lovely to meet you. And I said, oh, lovely to meet you. And he didn't know who I was, obviously. All but, right. And as if you don't know I, that I fucking hate you, like, your finger's not on the pulse. Yeah, he goes, yeah. He gave me his card. He goes, you must write for us. And I said, that's really not going to happen,
0: Jason. <laughs> and...
1: We, we need to get that. McTernan on. He said yeah, yes. Yeah, and we
0: will. We will get
1: John McTurnan on. He agreed. I mean, this is before, like, I think, the account... Let's generalise who's behind at any given moment. Before the account <laughs> launched into him again. He did agree. He wants to talk about Gough Whitlam with us, which yeah, I think is great.
0: Him. Oh, mate. Australian PM from the 70s. Oh,
2: of course, the guy who wants to get rid of the Queen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he was great. He had his first... Uh, how long was it Kieran like a couple of months was like if Corbyn just had him and McDonald do all the jobs it was literally just him and his his vice president they had uh, 16 jobs each
1: and they just did every policy because they had a majority and they just forced them all through very 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 quickly I mean like so (laughs) much they put Australia forward about 30 years yeah, in it's three incredibly months.
2: fucking hell. radical government. It was effectively a revolution. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And, and John was like, well, as well.
1: Yeah. It's very much Say this. Like a counter revolution. It's the only example of the executive power of the monarch being used because obviously in Australia it's a Commonwealth country, so they have a Governor General who takes the form of the Queen, and they're appointed by the Prime Minister okay. at some point, and they take the form of the Queen. And eventually, almost like how Thatcher did in 1979, Malcolm Fraser, Liberal Party opposition leader, tabled no confidence vote after no confidence vote when opinion had tilted against Gough Whitlam's Labour Party. And eventually, John Kerr, the Governor-General, who was a raging alcoholic, like a buffoon, who had made a fool of himself at public events and all that sort of thing, had been convinced by Malcolm Fraser. And as it turns out, 40 years later, Prince Charles and MI5 Fucking to hell. dismiss <laughs> Gough Whitlam's government. Ooh, so after that, he was dismissed, and Fraser was made interim prime minister and won the election in December.
2: Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's something to anyway. learn
1: about, because, yeah. you know, if we do end up in government, and in government <laughs> with a weak majority or on a confidence or supply agreement,
2: because, you I mean, know. The, my, my worry is, if somebody said to me, Labour can have a majority of 10, or you lose this election, but you cut their majority down to 10, and you get 38%, and all of a sudden you come second in like 100 seats, which, like, for instance, YouGov has Labour on 33% in Bournemouth West, mm. which is unreal. They were 17% in 2015, and that was a good result. So all of a sudden we're competitive in all these seats. And yeah. we, can, we can build the CLPs, we can build a mass movement, ready for like a majority of 100 next time, basically, right? Mm. If somebody offered the latter to me, i take it, because I would want the Tories to do Brexit, and actually it would be soft Brexit, because they wouldn't be able to pass it any other kind. Yeah, And then we could take the reins afterwards Because a weak Tory government now Would be very similar to 1992 And Tony Blair was very successful Because he hit the sweet spot Not just in terms of the electoral cycle But also in terms of the internal party cycle So it had been Mm. cleaned out And by 2022 we'll have cleaned out The Labour Party And we'll we'll be heading for a landslide Majority in a general election Politics is rarely that clean It doesn't often work like that But if you were to say ideally what would you like It would be Uh, government in 2022? Because I I think what you're saying, confidence and supply, all this stuff with Corbyn, the institutional opposition he would have from security services, civil service, the media, plus Brexit, I mean, it'd be a car crash. Yeah, Yeah, it would be agony.
1: Like, it's tough to sort of, you know, come out and say that, especially publicly. Mm. But I'm worried now that we're looking at a kind of 1974 situation where they're going to fall quite short i've got a feeling it's going to be more than the dup could make up for them and they're going to have to scramble and try and find something and they'll try and run as a minority and fair enough let's let them but it's all about keeping it together for that second election if we keep our poll rating outside of the election cycle at the level it's at or thereabouts, we can really sustain something bigger later this year or next and hopefully, like somehow quell some of the stuff that the right are doing if they can be quelled. Where I'm sort of of the belief that if we play our cards right, we could be looking at a good, say, 20 seat majority next year, which would be excellent. You know, That'd yeah, be absolutely yeah,
2: My view fantastic. is, I think, I think the next term, that's it. I think the next general election is a lot sooner than five years time. I agree with that. I've been saying that. I think we'll have referendums and elections every couple of fucking
0: years now, sadly. How do you think it's going to happen, then? How would May's second government fall so soon?
2: I just don't see... Even if the margin of error on the upside for the YouGov data is, I think they get a majority of 40. You know, I just don't... You know, Major's majority after 92 was 20-something, and it literally lasted uh, lasted 18 months, and then they couldn't pass stuff. I don't think she can do Brexit with 40 majority, and that's why we had the fucking election, right? So... I think that would be it. I think they'd struggle to do Brexit.
1: Yeah, the toxicity of her image as well, that's not going to go away. Yeah. That's been the big mistake of this whole election. Even if they come out with a majority, she's gone from being. She occupied this very strange position, I think, when she came in, which was a lot of people just thought, oh, well, okay, Theresa May's the prime minister now. And it sort of stayed like that. And everyone was like, well, not, you know, people on the left, but people at the centre and people more on the ground were more like, oh, you know, she kind of looks the part. She is prime minister. She's going to be till 2020, you know, labor a wreck. Yeah, safe pair of hands, all that kind of thing. And the exposure they've given her on this and the mess she's made of it, that will never be repaired. Because that really was basically people's first impression of her. She's been in government, in and around government for seven years. But people have made their impression of Theresa May, how she sounds, how she acts, her mannerisms, her snippets and comments. They've made that in this election, and this election's gone so poorly that even if they win a majority of say 35-40, she won't be prime minister personally for another 18 months.
2: I mean, the thing is, she couldn't do women's hour. How the fuck can she, <laughs> you know, like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mess. Like I totally agree with you. But well, the it's
0: thing pretty is, tough though, isn't it? Women's she, hour. She is. She it's, <laughs> like, it's pretty. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> rate you over
2: the coals over. Oh, I thought actually, specifics. I, I thought the woman who hosted. What's her name? Uh, Jenny Murray. Murray? Jenny Murray, yeah. yeah, so she, I thought she editorialised a bit with a couple of the questions. But generally speaking, she was fucking good, actually, was with she, Corbyn. She, oh, with Corbyn. She hammered Corbyn. Was it I, her who did
0: Corbyn? It was, yeah. it was, it was a younger uh, woman. Was it Jenny Murray? Yeah, it was. No, oh, no, uh, no it was uh, somebody else, because I remember all the people talking about all the abuse she got. Um, she didn't get that. I mean, she got yeah, some... You, you, that dickhead Labour Insider was like, I've heard she's a Zionist.
2: a carpacal.
0: Like, Second, but look, who like, are you helping, that? But this is, yeah. but this is, look, this is
2: Twitter, okay? Yeah. Like, I'm not excusing anything, but I get abuse. I mean, you, yeah. you will get. There are fucking idiots out there, the little egg accounts. <laughs> And Twitter needs to police that better. That doesn't reflect, that's not exclusive to the left, you know, and I just, no. I don't like how this is instrumentalised in a particular way, no, you know, not if, at all. if somebody says, oh, you fucking packy cunt, I'm not really like, right, the Conservative Party have to do this, no, it's one fucking idiot who Twitter need to deal with, yeah. right, because it's very easy for somebody to say that in their bedroom, simple as that. Sorry for that language, I've been called that in my life, so, you know, it's not, uh, although as, as Jack can say, I'm not particularly dark. Got a bit of a tan at the moment, but you know. I'm not gonna make any any judgments about anyone's skin colour. Right. You know, I'm, I'm half Iranian,
0: <laughs> especially so especially not on air. <laughs>
2: I'm half Iranian, so no, I've had, you know, so you can get that from people, but I'm, I would never say, well, this, therefore, the support base of Theresa May is therefore completely
0: delegitimized because you're talking no. about, it's fucking stupid, you'd have to be a fucking moron to say that. But, I mean, people have tried to do that about Corbyn and the Corbyn movement, they haven't have. they? And this yeah. is what I found. Journalists. Then John McDonald did a talk at my uni, I just asked him, it was in kind of like a despairing way, I was just like, how can Labour find its way back after we've had a summer of all your MPs calling like, us, the members, Nazis and <laughs> stuff, like, how did they not see that that's, or like, they did see, and they did it anyway, that that was just the most destructive possible thing the way that people in the Labour establishment have gone out of their way to betray their members, I mean, not being attuned to the internal dynamics of the Labour Party, when I first joined and this started happening, This, I mean it, I was shocked. When did you first join? I joined after 2015 General election like in the, the months subsequently i i voted for corbyn and for tom watson and um, oh. yeah <laughs> a lot of people did vote because there was no left candidate on the ballot and everyone was like oh tom watson he's that guy he stands up to murdoch and stuff
1: yeah it was that kind of like left right or left union dream team like he'd yeah. be the enforcer
0: and the visionary would be corbyn and it didn't yeah, really happen but it turns out he's, he's the enforcer for corbyn's enemies within the party but I was pretty shocked, and I just saw like Michael Duggar in the early days of the Corbin era, of a way that he would just openly speak about the members with this tone of contempt to the press. And I mean, Michael Duggar was just uh, these people shouldn't. I mean, they're just I mean, they're just so thick. But, I, so but he's so respected, Michael Duggar. It's absurd, unbelievably. You know, like, people yeah. like George Eaton and these people, they all like for some reason they think that a guy who spends like two years just fucking over his own party no no they don't respect
2: him no they've got to give him status because he's their credible source so if Michael Duggar's a fucking idiot then they haven't got a credible source it's kind of you know it's mutually constitutive isn't it I mean who else thinks Michael Duggar's a serious guy well Uh, you remember that um, that Harry Cole
1: that Harry Cole um, the screenshot that he posted when Duggar resigned or got sacked or whichever it was there's only one winner when you uh, take on Michael Duggar and that's
2: me (laughs)
0: <laughs> There's only one winner Like how true that was How true that turned out to be I mean Michael
2: Doug used to be quite I might, I might be wrong But Michael Doug used to be quite close to Andy Burnham
0: Yeah he did yeah. He ran his 2015 leadership yeah. campaign
2: And Andy Burnham afterwards was just like You're a fucking idiot Like it doesn't barely You know so Doug was just a fucking idiot These people These people There is no bigger gulf Than between these people's impression of themselves And their actual talent there are so many talented people out there Doing fucking donkey work for the Labour Party mm. And there's these fucking idiots Who think they're God's gift They just elevated.
0: They, they to need the to be
2: They need to be You know, Michael Duggar needs to do a minimum wage job for two fucking years And he needs to know what's what Because he's
0: got fuck all to offer the Labour Party He might actually have a bit of perspective if he did that <laughs> I, I heard actually and I can't even remember who I heard this from Or uh, where I heard this But like um, my, Michael Duggar apparently He was away on holiday I think actually I think it was when Andy Burnham did something vaguely left wing. Like it was, was it the
1: renationalising Andy... the trains policy?
0: It that yeah, was the it big might have um, been that. Burnham one where
1: guys, come
0: on, I'm left wing. Yeah, exactly. In that yeah, inevitable
1: th- Burnham way.
0: Actually I think it might have been that, yeah, and Duggar was so angry at the way Burnham had like capitulated to Corbyn that he threw his phone in the sea.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: I mean, call like, group, that's Core Group Jellyfish.
2: <laughs> you know this, right? <laughs>
0: Is that because they all considered Burnham so spineless?
2: Core Group Jellyfish, yeah. When it was Conor McGinn was deciding who was, like, who, we're going to get fucking, we're going to get rid of Corbyn, who can we rely on? They sort of categorised the whole of the Parliamentary Labour Party into these different groups. Obviously, the inner sanctum was Core Group hostile. <laughs> and then Burnham had his own category. <laughs> and group, it was Core <laughs> Group Jellyfish. <laughs> because they just didn't know... He, he just does what he has to do to get where he wants to go yeah so. exactly you he used to be anything. a Blair right now he's kind of soft left yeah and, you know oh,
1: I love he him is. for that like I like for one I've got a sort of fondness for his awful 2010 campaign like the <laughs> yeah. aspirational socialism line which I thought was just superbly bad and the literature is dated so poorly like this pure like number 10 policy unit spad and nothing else trying to make him out as the working class hero.
0: Well, actually, I'm from outside the Westminster bubble. That's what you need to know about me. <laughs> In what fucking way? Like, literally, just the fact that he's, like, from Lee seems to be it. Jamie Carragher
2: gave his 2010 <laughs> campaign, like, ten grand.
1: Yeah. Who's Strange.
2: that? Jamie Carragher, the ex-Liverpool defender. I can't believe I you didn't know, know Jamie Carragher. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, so, my God, that's devastating. He may even have given money to the 2015 campaign, though, I doubt it. I think uh, he did. I think I
1: remember seeing something about that. He's yeah. quite close with Burnham.
2: But the I thing is, if, Carragher, if Carragher's given money,
0: Corbyn needs to get fucking Carragher on board, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what, We've got actually, Coogan on board. Actually, Corbyn has converted Steve Coogan from Andy Burnham, basically. He's he's brought him round by the looks of it. They're speaking right now in Birmingham, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So there's there's how many events? Is it Six. There's the six, country.
2: and then it's he's being live streamed almost. These other five, so it's in Birmingham as the main one. Yeah. The IRL event, and then there are five other ones around the country:
0: Glasgow. Going to say IRA event. <laughs> <laughs> that, we're not into that stuff, okay? Okay. Even if we did use the official IRA song as the closing song Look, of our last episode.
2: Jeremy Corbyn's <laughs> associations in the 1980s with Irish republicanism were exclusively with Sinn
0: Spain and those seeking peace by peaceful means. Exactly. I think that's a good point to make because that's been, um... I guess other than Diane Abbott, Diane Abbott, that's been the Tories' main line of attack recently. Yeah. The IRA stuff—it's pathetic. It's you know living in the past. It's just you've got these fucking haggard old men like Paxman, these fucking pathetic pieces of shit with no. It's like fucking, your boy Ian Dale. Yeah, no conception of what's actually happening in the modern world. Mm-hmm. Just raking over fucking 80s history.
1: And it's profoundly but, dangerous. Pro- like these demons again. Like when you yeah. <laughs> bring them but back, not but not when it pertains to the Tories.
0: You can not put it back in the box. Yeah, not when it pertains to any of them supporting apartheid in the 80s or any shit like that or, or that the fondness, UVF. fondness for Pinochet, like I disgusting. mean that fucking um I hate that um, Nigel
1: Dodds, the no-mark DUP guy who always tries to like make a name for himself in uh PMQs. I can't stand him. Like they've got some stuff on him which got barely any publication because of course why would it? About his attending of like a UVFC company, a shooter, attending their funeral or something. You know, no <laughs> worse than anything they throw at Corbyn or Macdonald or Abbott or anyone involved in supporting Irish nationalism. It's, just, it's disgusting to see how the double standards, when you see them laid bare, are ridiculous.
2: Absolutely also, ridiculous. Even today, there are photos from British soldiers in Iraq with the Red Hand of Ulster, Mm. you know, and there are claims that they're UVF members (sighs) or comrades. So that's still a live strand of sort of political sentiment in Northern Ireland. Yeah. And the UVF uh, are fucking
1: Nazis. Like, Combat 18 are closely associated with them. Some nasty hooligan groups as well. Mm. Like, they are a really, really unpleasant bunch. Genuine fascists, and that's completely overlooked. But that's what you get with any form of British nationalism. But, of course, that's not... It's not recognised at all in looking at Ulster. Are you cooking, Kieran? Uh, I am uh, making a spice mix for a chilli at the same time as
0: (laughs) moving around. I just heard all, like, I guess the spice shaking or something. Oh, yeah, I was
1: shaking the dry spices to cook in the pan. (laughs) And I'm on the move, and I'm just making, I'm doing the paprika
2: base now at the same time. Ah, that sounds ping, man. Yeah, it's going to be nice. I'm excited. Ah, that sounds excellent. What are we going to do with all these uh, melts once Thursday's done and dusted? If if the if if the right of the party try and kick off, what we're going to do to them?
0: We uh, well, we're going to crush them in a leadership contest, but it depends if they get that far, doesn't it? So is this 10:02
1: on Thursday night, as they've said they're starting at 10:01? If there is a
2: third leadership contest, I think we actually need to start talking seriously about these elections because this just can't carry on.
0: Like, I mean, well, for a start, I think Woodcock definitely has to go. What was it he was saying yesterday?
1: He's pledged that if Corbyn becomes prime minister, he'll demand a change of leader.
0: Yeah, that's it, because he he already said that he wouldn't give a vote of confidence to a government Did that he tweet that? was the leader of. Oh, that was in um, um,
1: it was at a Hustings in Barrow and Furnace. When was that? Yesterday. Mm. Fucking hell. Mm. I think it might have been from the night before, but this is, like, the last two days,
0: definitely. So John Woodcock, he's obviously top of the deselection list because of the sheer obstinacy of his attitude towards Corbyn throughout this campaign. Wouldn't mind streeting losing, to be honest.
1: No, Um, I'm sick of all that Labour
2: doorstep shit.
0: Yeah. Of, he's, he's been, been patronising
2: a few more people about, like. But also, like, what are you doing? You're on the doorstep telling people that your leader's a fucking terrorist sympathiser. Yeah, honestly. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, momentum people don't turn up. First of all, actually, we now know that the overwhelming majority of people knocking on doors are fucking left wingers. Absolutely. Secondly, they're the ones that are actually selling the manifesto to the public. You're shitting on the leader. <laughs> like, saying he's an anti Semite to the BBC in the week of a general election. Yeah. Mate, streeting is. He's a piece of streeting shit. Streeting is. A abso- you know, he was made for another era. He's meant to be a Blairite in the night. He thinks it's the 1990s. It's like yeah. he thinks that the fucking you guys are too young to remember this. Like Good Life from a Good Life. Was I remember. Good life that, yeah, I've seen it. About the it. Good it. Life. Uh, no, what was it called? <laughs> Oh, this, this life. life! This life! This life. life. My little dad I, right. loved this life. Yeah, so he's like, he thinks fucking this life is on, and like we're watching, you know, Toby Anstis on BBC, Tim Vincent. He thinks it's the fucking 1990s, <laughs> like Eric Cantona, fucking is like, you know, Premier League top goalscorer. If that was the era, then like, yeah, West Streeting would be like a capable politician. But it's a completely different age now, and he's just there's no there's nowhere in the, sort of the ideological
0: market for people like Streeting. He used to fuck off. He's a joke. Literally, nobody had heard of him before his McDonald's thing. No. Like, that's the only... Who's
2: president, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that as well. But, I mean, a lot of people probably fucking hated him because of that, and then, so he went from just being, you know, despised to obscurity to just being despised again. And the, no, now a fair he's bit of obscurity
1: still. the sort of the centre. And uh, what was it, the <laughs> Ian Austin line about his movie star good looks? <laughs> what? When he, he wrote that awful piece about, like, you know, do
0: not be disheartened Wells.
1: The, the, uh, the talent we have and the PLP we have. Alison McGovern, we have Wes Streeting and his movie star looks.
2: <laughs> he was talking about Marlon Brando.
0: Late Brando.
2: <laughs> Street, I mean, Streeting's a funny one because he's from a working class background. He could be an okay orator. You know, he's only just starting his parliamentary career. And you'd think he's an opportunist. You know, he wants to fucking. He's just. That's literally all he is. Why mm. isn't he jumping on the bandwagon of Corbynism? Stab him in the back, sure, but like, stab him in the back and you could take advantage of it. This just strikes me as. There's no political Calculation here at all He's just fucking stupid
0: All of these people have just completely Shut themselves out Of the movement And made themselves irrelevant Yeah As I say When I first started Supporting Corbyn I didn't know about All the internal factions Within the Labour Party And stuff I didn't know You know Obviously I knew stuff About politics But I hadn't been In the Labour Party I didn't know about Like who the old Labour right were And who the soft left are And stuff mm. So I was perfectly fine Like with the idea Of people like Tom Watson And stuff Like working with Jeremy Jeremy Corbyn to push some left-wing policies. Like, they've got to understand that a lot of people who joined the party didn't join fucking hating them. They felt betrayed. Yeah, and it's a
1: sense of, like, when you're on the outside as well, you kind of think, oh yeah, it's fair that a party should have balance. That they Mm. could be all, you know, the broad churches that line always gets trotted out. You would think, yeah, that kind of makes sense, I guess. You need consensus, you need people... But they're all Labour, so ultimately, they're not going to be actually stabbing each other in the back. Yeah. And then when it comes down to it, you're like,
0: fucking hell, there's no lengths they will go to. And the coup really illustrated just how bad it was. You were kind of like, yeah, but I mean, most Labour MPs, they're all right. They just want to get on with it. You're just like, it's just a few who are just making noise. It's like, no, there's just a few who are especially bad. But the vast majority of them turn out to be Both pretty reactionary and having that same kind of group thing that we were talking about earlier being present in the Guardian offices, where if you supported Corbyn, you weren't a serious person. Yeah, and you posted last night that thing from the uh, London
1: Young Lefty group, was it, where they're talking about the backbenchers who were all streeting being one of them, talking about Diane Abbott to Labour students.
0: Yeah, exactly. What are they doing, talking to these absolute no marks? Yeah, just telling these random like students that the Labour Shadow Home Secretary is like personally unpleasant and awful and, and, and all this stuff. It's I mean it's really it's really bad to know that. I mean it's unsurprising as Aaron pointed out when I told him, but it's it is just really bad. They've got they've got no class.
2: They've really got no class.
0: You know, it's your leader, it's your party. Like,
2: I mean, look at Kevin Spacey in House of Cards, right? He is going somewhere, he'll shit on everybody, he'll even kill people to get to the top. If you're trying to take a leaf out of, you know, Machiavellian logic, right? You're instrumentalising everybody to get where you want to go. Yeah. I, I actually understand that, right? Yeah. But that's not what West Street... They're just... It's very performative and it's just... I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I understand amoral fucks who screw everybody over to get to the top, but they're not going to the top.
0: What I find funny is how, yeah, and I agree, Wes Streeting will be lounging on the back benches until we deselect him next year, but like... Or, um... his,
2: seat, his, or his seat won't even... Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, he won't even get it back in. The yeah.
0: boundaries are going to be redrawn, possibly, or is, I think Ilford North's affected by that. Yeah, he's a fucking goner anyway. It's like, yeah, th- this guy is running on borrowed time. Yeah, but, He's
1: gonna fight it out with Mike Gates, and nobody beats Mike Gates for that yeah, one we'll, like New Ilford seat. He's gonna stay around with the fucking cockroaches after the nuclear uh, holocaust. Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah, going Gabe's, anywhere.
0: Gates perpetually sounding like he's crying. Yeah, um, <laughs> the original. He's, prob- he's probably an old man left. with health problems. Like I, you know, um, he was the original Streeting McDonald's
1: rep. He was, was the he head was... of the NOLS in the early eighties. Well, he was the McDonald's rep. He was the first <laughs> member of parliament for McDonald's. But no, he was the one tasked with getting rid of militant.
0: Mike gaping arsehole. That's the one.
2: This is it. Labour students have played a very interesting role historically. So Jim Murphy, of course, was NUS president in 96. Yeah. And he created the sort of space within the NUS to OK the introduction of student fees with the first Labour government. You know, he cleaned up the NUS for Blair. Top boy. So you really need to be... And actually, Blair had one good line, I was told this. He wouldn't hire people that had been in student politics. As, ah. as spads, because he said they're, like, fucking weird people.
0: That's quite fair. That's quite like, fair. So, like, James, James, Perna-
2: James, James Pennell went to work for him when he was quite young. And he said, oh, are you involved in student politics? And James Pennell was like, oh, God, I don't want to say this. Uh, you know, I wasn't. And I think I, I think James Pennell said this as an anecdote when I was interning at Demos, and he was at fucking Demos anyway. Because oh. I do recall hearing this, like, face-to-face. And James Pennell said... Yeah, Tony's reaction was, I wouldn't want anybody involved
0: in Labour students, they're all fucking idiots. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, there's this huge disparity between young people and how they think, and how young people involved in party politics think... So last year, didn't Labour students go for Owen Smith by a majority? How did that happen? Most young people are more progressive. Most young people. Yeah, but
2: they've, they've, you know, it's like London Young Labour, right? Yeah, mostly... they, they make
0: they make left wingers feel unwelcome. Well, they win the bureaucracy. It's like the right in most of the past. They've got, yeah. the, you know, they've just won the bureaucracy. It's
2: think... going to take a few years to change that. Yeah,
0: but I think as well as the fact that yeah, they obviously did win the last election for chair of London Young Labour and stuff. But I think throughout Labour students, there is a general kind of cultural thing as well, where their idea of riveting campaigning. Is just like Labour doorstep. They don't have a kind of politics or a kind of strategy that will like entice people from the left, and it's a very deliberate thing. Like friend of the show Emily Robinson has written about her experience with Edinburgh Labour students who are very very right wing. And Same, yeah. Scotland and London in particular yeah. are very strange places for young Labour. Thank God for Scottish Labour young socialists. Those guys are fantastic. Well, well hey,
2: there was it. Is it the opinion poll data to? Day or YouGov recently shows that Labour amongst 18 to 24s are polling above the SNP. Yeah, they? somehow, nice. which Despite is super interesting
1: efforts, because the Sky <laughs> just... Labour campaign has been hilariously bad. <laughs> it's been awful,
0: absolutely awful. Well, when we just have, when we have a great national campaign as well, and they're just that shit, it's like. Just, just, just mooch off our work. We're yeah, just... take it. Just take <laughs> our manifesto and use it. Don't do a Carwin
1: Jones trying to figure out your own strategy.
0: Oh, that. Because now he's getting
1: fucked in Wales fucking Wales. Because Leanne Carwin Wood Jones. has like the perfect line, which Carwin is you Jones, voted the... Labour for thirty years and they've done fuck all for Wales.
0: <laughs> Carwin Jones, the man with a face that makes you support white genocide. <laughs>
2: you guys need to be careful man you're gonna get what's his name after you who was the guy that went after Giorgio Cicciarello Maya and he said this kind of stuff oh oh I know who you're talking about was it was it a prominent fascist it wasn't but it was like one of these old centre people oh then is they, it they, feed, they, person. Then, they then feed
0: into like the far right you know <laughs> <laughs> come at us motherfuckers like, I don't care no but... it's good Hey, look, there's no such thing as bad publicity it's well, fine Why genocide is rad we're, we're still looking forward to a new statesman hit piece whenever it drops we just gotta slag him off a few more times Lewis. On the snap.
1: etymology of
0: slug <laughs> it is not weird. Long you know, now. I was blocked by all of
2: these people, and then obviously, the more relevant of comes, they sort of unblock you. Fuck you now! I
0: blocked Ian Dale yesterday. He followed me for some reason. I was like, I'm not comfortable with this, so yeah.
2: I just blocked him. <laughs> I think I, you know I admire Ian Dale in a way because he's got cause he's
0: got no talent
2: whatsoever. He, he's got no discernible he talent. Looks like a potato. He, he like you say he's a potato cunt, and yet he's managed to carve a racist potato racist can. potato cunt. He's managed to carve a, a career for himself out of politics. I kind of admire that in a way. Fair play to the Failed guy. Failed parliamentary candidate, I and mean, he even yeah. says that on his CV. You know, former Tory Party candidate.
0: Ian, <laughs> you know, tens of thousands of people have been fucking candidates. I saw in his Wikipedia he was a former Conservative Party politician, but I didn't know that he didn't get elected. No, he's never been an MP. No, he was a councillor. Ah, okay.
2: That's tragic, isn't it? He's probably written that himself (laughs) Very sad and tragic.
0: A councillor, well
2: (laughs) fucking done.
1: Like, failure is really permitted in the backstories of prominent right-wingers. They always have that sort of falling to rise again side of it. I mean, you think about, to go back onto another bold weird Ian. Not Ian Dunn. Ian Duncan oh, wow. Smith. <laughs>
2: um, oh, oh, wow. how so busted
1: he was for his university stuff.
2: The Perugia shit.
1: Yeah, how he was like—it went from a university of Perugia to a university in Perugia to uh, like a certificate for a business school in Perugia for like a six-week course. To like a how far down that went? Yeah, <laughs> he was going to be—he was the be prime minister. Bizarrely enough, like. To think that someone like that, with that kind of checkered record, like seriously checkered record, was even in the running to be Prime Minister
2: once is absurd. Well, to be fair, Ian Duncan-Smith, people go on about Corbyn's low polling ratings at his worst. Ian Duncan-Smith has the lowest ever recorded polling ratings of any major party leader in this country. (laughs) I think, like, he obviously was like his... Net approval ratings were negative 80-something, Yeah. but his positive approval ratings were 12%. uh, Jesus
0: Christ. That's crazy. Can we talk about the swing in Corbyn's personal approval ratings?
1: Can we put the clip in, the Ian Duncan Smith quiet man turning up the volume? If we can get that in at that point, his speech, like his famous speech at the um, Conservative Party conference. Never underestimate the
2: quiet man. (laughs) <laughs> and
1: what goes, about uh, like, the William Hague's, Hague's famous speech when he was 16? He's turning up the volume. Oh, God, yeah.
0: We <laughs> he's turning it if up I'm to 11. Sort
1: of,
2: I'd get a variety of
1: conservative living listening.
2: This is a really important point, actually, about Ian Duncan Smith. Mm. So Ian Duncan Smith and William Hague obviously were two Tory party leaders, and this is when the Tory party looked fucked for decades, Mm. right? And it's obviously rehabilitated under Cameron after 2005, and people presume that Theresa May, you know, Tory hegemony, all this shit. The Tories didn't win a majority. This is all the fucking spineless centre-left melts (laughs) have a bit of historical perspective. The Tories didn't win a majority between 1992 and 2010, right? 2015, rather. Why is that? It's because there isn't fundamentally an appetite for the Conservative Party politics of people like Ian Duncan Smith and people like William Haig, right? Yeah. Cameron gave them just enough. He gave the rich public just enough. Just enough liberalism, just enough kind of metropolitan values, quote-unquote, with a dash of racism, just enough to sort of Build a good coalition there. Theresa May, for me, is from the same family as Ian Duncan Smith and William Hague, same cohort of politicians. Well, oh, they're all inbred, aren't they? Same values, yeah. right? Exactly. And <laughs> the, the, those guys couldn't win a general election. So when you had people saying, oh, Corbyn's unelectable, people on the left saying that, I said, look, yeah. you may think Corbyn's unelectable. Theresa May is more fucking unelectable, I promise you. And it's come to pass. And the British public didn't like those people in the early noughties, the late 90s. They won't mm-hmm. like them now. So whatever May gets on Thursday, by the way, that's her high point. It's really all mm-hmm. downhill. We've already said that.
0: Yeah, well, there's Brexit negotiations. And, yeah. like, yeah, you've seen, we've seen how shit she is. Yeah,
2: they're like, all shit. <laughs> they're all shit politicians. Yeah, they're not likable. shit cabinet,
0: full of shit, shit party, with yeah. shit members, yeah. shit,
2: Cameron, shit Cameron, Cameron was a surprisingly able politician, but he was a blip. And even yeah. he only won He won one majority He didn't win two majorities So Yeah Corbin's he won one majority Despite ratings.
1: like Ripping off the Blair playbook Yeah Like yeah. down to a T And consciously so as well Anyway let's get back On to Corbin's ratings
0: What's the swing Aaron Be our swingometer what? What's the swing to Corbin Do you know What's it
2: been Yeah what's it been There was one I saw one earlier on Maybe that was the opinion The opinion data generally Is not the I don't think it's the best data But it was saying That I think Corbin was 35 And Theresa May was 50 Okay. Now I don't know if that's their positive ratings or if that's their net rate. It must be their positive ratings. I definitely
0: right? saw one where both Corbin and May were at fifty, I think, approval rating and then she was like three points behind him uh, no, three points ahead of him like disapproval wise or something.
2: Was that a salvation?
0: That was the salvation poll, wasn't it? Oh God, I need I need to. <laughs> that read was the names of the polls I'm looking. That at. was salvation. <laughs> that was the salvation poll. I okay. think It was definitely a thing. I'm definitely talking about something real. Yeah. You know. It was the same poll that <laughs> unweighted had Labour ahead of the Tories. Right? Yeah. But what I found interesting was, and I think you might have mentioned this on Tisky Sour or on Navar FM, it was that Corbyn was like minus sixty nine or something. Mm. Um, nice. But nice. not nice. Very un. <laughs> very unnice. And then he's gone, like, he's had like a 70 something point swing mm. to now he's like three points ahead or something. He's slightly positive in the way of perceiving
2: him. So, in terms of Labour Party polling, it's the biggest ever improvement in polling of any party during a general election ever. Okay. And that's obviously also true for... It's even more true for Jeremy Corbyn as an individual. Because
0: he was doing so badly. Yeah. And now he's doing
2: quite but well. But the thing is, he's a good campaigner. And my, my view is. was... And I said this, and James was laughing at me when I said this. <laughs> I said, look, the second Labour hit 30% in the polls, if they can hit 30% in the first fortnight, it's going to be competitive because it's momentum. Mm. And they got 30% last time. Yeah. And so all the arguments about electability, they all disintegrate the second they hit 30 Yeah. And that's kind of what happened... And I think mm. that that first two weeks, they got momentum even before the manifesto. And then the manifesto happened. And then it was, you know, we're taking off.
0: And uh, yeah, he's had a great campaign. Who's been your favorite person to just like eat shit and say, actually, I was wrong. Corbyn's good. I mean, nobody's really saying that, are they? Uh, Richard Murphy sort of did. He, John, John Harris did a, did a little bit. John, These people, I mean, even Friedland managed a tiny mm. little Corbyn's incredible Squat. fight back changed a minute later to Corbyn's fight back. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah, with well, the yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah. took the. Uh, Incredible was in the headline and then they took it out. Yeah, you know, who knows who made that call? Uh, you know, I just. I, I don't really trust any of these people as far as I could throw them. And I can't <laughs> yeah. throw them very far. I'm I not saying it's them. out of sincerity. I mean, maybe. And Richard Murphy I don't know enough about We're going to have Listen
2: If Corbyn (laughs) becomes Prime Minister Or if we have a left winger That becomes Prime Minister On the left Mm. We're going to have Bigger problems Than what we had last summer Far bigger Far bigger hurdles And crises of confidence Absolutely So if people didn't have The backbone To fucking see off these idiotic claims these
0: slugs (laughs) if people didn't
2: have the backbone to sort these slugs last summer I actually don't think they're of much use in the long term now I'm not writing them all off because some people may have learned from that and it won't happen again Mm. but generally on the left we have such incredibly powerful vested interests against us that if you're not willing to fucking back yourself look Go join the Liberal Democrats.
0: I'm not going to name any names because we've done a nice episode sort of, you know, not attacking other people. We don't need left. to do that. Yeah. Because yeah. we were we were right. I found uh, <laughs> the idea that some people saying, oh, God, but, you know, Corbyn didn't sing the national anthem at the start. It's like, right. How many years have you been on the left and you can't mount a defense of like not liking the national anthem? Mm. If people aren't prepared to like make these arguments, I'm just sort of like, what? What are you even in it for? But like, also, he was look for those first few weeks anyway as leader, he
2: was kind of like dazed. You know, yeah. we all were. He had no staff. The left, like Matt Zab says all the time, the left went from zero to one hundred overnight. Yeah. So you know, that first few weeks, whatever. I mean, even if he'd sung the national you know, it wasn't. There was no plan. So you know, and it, it, it literally couldn't have been any other way because we came from nowhere to winning the Labour Party leadership. So something yeah, exactly.
1: that we've never done before, and that's the thing that
2: can't really be forgotten. But you have never got. The as far before. I mean, we did have yeah. probably the most
1: talented left politician this country has ever seen and Tony Benn. Either a single pathway for him was blocked repeatedly over and over and over. He was the closest anyone's ever got. Yeah. Anyone's ever yeah. got. And we've obviously we've been stymied by the idea of Clatley as this great radical, which of course he wasn't at the time. The radical of that time, Nye Bevan, never became leader and was kept away from it. Wilson, the great hope of the left, turned away. Kinnock, great hope of the left, Well, Nye turned
0: away a bit as well, didn't he? He embraced nuclear weapons and sort of uh, social imperialism towards the end of his career.
1: Foote was the compromise candidate and has
0: been unfairly labelled the candidate
1: of the left. We have never had our man and our policies in power. And this is the first time we've ever came close to a manifesto like this. Not even talking 1945. Like, we have never had a chance to have such control over what we're putting out. And the response has been greater than anything I could have hoped for, but simultaneously what I believe the character of the British people is.
0: The manifesto is terrific. It's an important document. I've got my physical copy here, actually. It's nice. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's a beauty, a treasure.
1: And like... I, yeah, it's going to shoot up in value because it's a,
0: it's a <laughs> valuable document in history. I ain't like, selling this shit get like, this JC. is mine get JC to sign that seriously oh well when I eventually get meet JC like, make, it, make it a proper commodity which I'm sure will happen but I'm sure it will work with Corbin. like you know we're at the same rally or something he's just walking along and Schneider's just whispers in his ear like those are real politics <laughs> you don't want to be photographed with them <laughs> <laughs> he just turns over like hey <laughs> i was hoping
1: that with sanders actually when i saw bernie last friday i was hoping oh. i'd be able to grab him and get a picture and then falsely claim that he says he loves the show but <laughs> he, was, he was moving so quickly from the sheldonian to the oxford union that we just Kieran, had no chance
0: yep if you've learned one thing from doing this show for the um i think 22 episodes wow. since you joined no this will be our 29th episode mm. it should be that Telling blatant falsehoods is totally within, you know, the purview of what we do. Yeah, that's in our remit. <laughs> so you, you can make up anything you want about Bernie. Yeah, Bernie loved us. Like, loves us. Listens <laughs> every single week. He would have won. He would have won. And Corbyn um, will win. Yeah. Well, you know, do you, know,
2: do you know, the funny thing is that McDonald had a subscription to Jacobin. Really? Like, oh, my God. To, like, before he was the shadow chancellor.
0: Oh, wow. Which is
2: kind of cool. And then, like, <laughs> I think he still gets it sent to his office, but he obviously, I mean, he won't have time to read it. That's not, I'm not dissing Jacobin he's fucking, Yeah he doesn't have time to sleep. So um, but that's kind of cool, right? Oh, before no, we, I th- I think before we cool. wrap up on McDonald, actually, I think
1: we should give a shout out to uh, the report that's come out today that's got no coverage, but is enormously important. And I know Tom Gann and a few others get the New Socialist, which is launching on June the 9th, and it's going to be yeah. huge.
0: We're going to you... do a special New Socialist episode. Tom Gann, possibly other guests to, you know, introduce Isn't he in you. is in Spain? Yeah. Not, he is, but we've got Skype, you know. Right. He'll, he'll be there in the same way Kieran's in the room with yeah, us. Yeah, no, no, I just could, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: going to be amazing. Yeah.
0: I'm international editor, so if yeah, anyone's Tom, got Tom, any stuff oh, yeah. on that, send it to Gann me, our, DM me. Tom Gann is our prince across the water. The left needs its own David Miller band, and we've got him. That's the most overrated politician in history. Oh, Christ, yes. Yeah. yeah, he's shit. He's, although Aaron
2: didn't... No, I can he? tell you. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you from first-hand experience. He's the most yeah. overrated politician in British
1: history. Can't even hold a banana. But on this uh,
2: this report, <laughs> he's a banana Back dipshit. to
1: it. The alternative modes of production or words to that effect, produced by McDonald along Bailey, this huge report into effectively the first semblance of a post-capitalist agenda by a large political party. And started to think beyond, you know, how we can reform our institutions. And it's incredible. I've
0: I've seen Max Shanley saying how sort of important this feels to him. So that's generally a good barometer as well. If you're sound, something coming highly recommended by Max Shanley, you'll be seeking it out immediately if you're not sound if you're a slug you will have heard his name and be hiding behind the sofa thinking that the momentum boys will be kicking down your door any minute soon
1: which they will
0: uh, there it is. <laughs> alternative <laughs> is alternative models of ownership
1: and it's this huge <laughs> report and as Al- said the new alternative
2: iron so- there are, you know, oh, that's really that's a really good reframe. You know, there's not just
0: private, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> models of ownership. We've got, you know, diverse models of ownership. Uh... <laughs> My favourite model of ownership is when some prick like Ian Dunn or Tool Dunn gets owned by this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My favourite model of ownership is when Yvette Cooper legislates to ban being owned online. <laughs> that's is the platform coming. of her leadership babe.
0: it's coming do you remember her and jess phillips and stella creasy all voted to fucking bomb the shit out of syria and then suddenly they became really concerned about online abuse
1: yeah because people were like and oh, as we said before you get idiots fall through the net a few times and you know also because prominent women do kind of get
0: Oh, Far yeah, worse.
1: But the bulk of what they were complaining about was people going, "How can you vote for a war that's going to kill men, women, and children who want no involvement in it?" But that being questioned over and over again, and the email thing where you could put in your email, they find your constituency MP, which is a great tool, and mm-hmm. emails them with a letter on why you oppose the bombing of Syria. They yeah. talked about that as dirty, underhanded, hard left tactics. That... <laughs> was
0: that was democracy in action? Yeah. I've actually just remembered I no it, sorry it was it was Wes Streeting actually who I was thinking of but Jess Phillips jogged my memory how we were saying Streeting is an opportunist mm-hmm. he doesn't believe in anything and we now have it confirmed that he bitches to random absolute fucking no marks mm. about oh. diane abbott mm. somebody who receives like more kind of racialized gendered abuse Doesn't than it, I pretty mean, much anyone in the country you
2: don't even need to go that far it's just unprofessional to criticize colleagues with people you know you know just
0: it, yeah in, i mean that is any, well, yeah. in
2: any profession i mean it's just unprofessional
0: yeah but what i find funny is in light of hearing about this that when Diane Abbott finally spoke out about the abuse she receives uh, a couple of months ago after the Article 50 vote, and she wrote an article in the Guardian about it, which is the first time she's publicly spoken out about the way people just treat her like shit. And, and obviously she's tough; like she has been able to sort of put up with it until the fever pitch of like recent times, I think. But then Wes Streeton came out and was like, "I don't agree with Diane, but I think uh, I think this abuse is appalling." so it's like ah oh, yeah so now when when Yvette Cooper and stuff have all said it as well now you'll come out and condemn the abuse but when you're talking to some little toad from London Young Labour who's going to go off and slagger off on Facebook to a load of other impressionable young centre lefties mm. then everything's completely different so yeah I do really think he is a craven little shit and <laughs> uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope I if his career isn't destroyed on Thursday that it will um, yeah, he's top of a decent Election list after Woodcock, yeah, right up there.
1: Keep out Streeting, keep out <laughs> Butterworth, who will just subsume his place. Oh, we don't want
0: him in the PLP. Oh, I mean,
2: also with the talk of deselections, I mean, the priority needs to be that all these people who are now going to vote for Labour and who think this manifesto is great mm. join the party, yeah, get involved. And yes, if your MP or your party exec. Doesn't reflect your politics Then yes Down the line Do something about it Deselect because,
0: the fuck out well, of Well I mean I would, I would, <laughs> What I would say is first, first and foremost Have a chat Have a cup of tea Sit down Diplomatically talk things out so I'm trying to do John McDonnell 2017.
2: Oh, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll have Mandelson over for a cuppa. No,
2: <laughs> no, this huge majority we have amongst the membership, it needs to be a lot more organised. It needs to be formalised. And, you know, we've had 600,000, 500,000 members for a long time. It now needs to be a million. But more than that, we now need to, you know, the, like I say, in Bournemouth West, we're polling 33%. The CLP in Bournemouth now needs to become a hub of ideas yeah. and left activism locally. And that sounded batshit last year. That now sounds very credible. And I would love that to happen before we... I mean, ideally, it would happen before we go into government, right? So we've got six months a year to do that sort of stuff, I feel. Because, yeah, I think you're right, Kieran, earlier on you were saying that you think another election's likely in a year or two. I'm inclined to agree with that.
0: Well, and on that exciting cliffhanger, mm. politically speaking, I, th- I think we should uh, probably wrap this up. So thank you so much for joining us to the great dr bastano himself (laughs) it has been a
1: delight
0: (laughs) honest to god it's been such a good episode got a word of greeting for your boy bryn phillips he's out there listening bryn phillips oh that guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) put the melt and (laughs) meltdown stop being such an absolute belter (laughs) he was a he was a weird guy wasn't he he was a very 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 weird weird guy guy. guy. blue
2: labor fucking i mean you got maurice glassman writes in the the sunday mail it's fucking weird
0: people they're mm. parasites. They need to fuck off. I mean, they yeah. really need to fuck off. Yeah, they're fucking awful. They're just and they're so fascist as well. Like Rod Little, guy from UKIP, will appear at their Steven last. Stephen
1: fucking... Wolf. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. Can't even stand right. the punch from the boy Mike Hookham. Yeah, <laughs> Hookham punched him right out of UKIP. <laughs> Not in the party anymore. But. He didn't actually defect to the Tories, as Hookham was suggesting, which is why he, he knows angry. that Hookham would come and get him again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, biding his, he's biding his time. Yeah, that. that's probably true. Do you reckon like Carswell and Matt are going to defect to the Tories? I again? don't think. I, no, I think. But uh, what I've been told is that they'll try and block it.
2: Oh really? Yeah. They're
0: letting Zach back in, aren't they? They're letting him run as their candidate in Richmond Park. And yeah, he, but
2: he Goldsmith, left the party a year ago. Yeah, but Goldsmith never joined another party. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a bit yeah. different. Yeah. And I also, guess Carswell different. left at a moment where. It looked like it would be more than just Carswell
0: and. Um, Reckless. I that fucking.
2: He was weird. <laughs>
0: I love his name, though. He was. Some guy leaves so the governing weird. party to join UKIP and loses his seat. Reckless. He couldn't talk. <laughs> like, there was him and
2: Farage, and Farage, when Farage like, meeting, was like, shanging off the media and like you know you couldn't actually think there's dozens of tory mps who you know they lack the most basic of social skills yeah what a mess
0: of a party oh have you seen greg knight's video precisely right exactly there you go but yeah thanks so much for joining us aaron it has been as you might say but but inverted so it's a positive thing an absolute belter Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's been great like thanks so much for for bringing your your exuberant spirit to The Real Politic Podcast and for Shout introducing out to you guys. it as well. Yeah,
2: man. Like, keep doing what you do. You keep doing what you do. You know, and be bigger and better. You guys.
0: right. You guys are doing a great job. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, cheers. You so, you've been listening to The Real Politic Podcast with Jack Frane-Reed at Ubercoker. Kira Morris
1: at Hips the Scumbag.
0: And special guest Aaron Bastani at... Aaron Bastani. There you go. <laughs> Dr. Bastano Done. in the house. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks.
1: The quiet man is here to stay, and he's turning up the volume. In fact, while this week had been marked by an almost over-the-top aggression by Mr. Duncan Smith, it was toned down a touch today, but the message stayed brutal. He said the treatment of Dr. Kelly was shameful,
0: and the Prime Minister said he had nothing to do with it. That was a lie.
2: Tony Blair chaired those meetings that made those fatal decisions. He is responsible, he should do the decent thing, and he should
0: resign!
1: It's exciting. It's very people. It's
0: crowdsourcing.